Hi, this is Vanessa Sunshine. Hi, this is Alicia. Hi, I'm Georgia Love. I'm Osha Ginsberg. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you are on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. What do you do with an arts degree? I'm still not sure I know. I skipped three years worth of lectures just to binge watch awful shows. There must be some scholarship no! for accruing worthless knowledge. It's my only talent, honey. That and losing money. Your excess hex debts rest and then just join us while we start on our bachelor. Bachelor. Hello. Welcome back to the Bachelor of Hearts podcast, the Bachelor, Bachelorette, Australia podcast that asks the question, Xavi, let's start here. Is love dead? Oh, it's good to check in on every once in a while, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I think love is alive. I don't know if we're looking at the most prominent example of it on this mm. TV show. Uh, there's some heartbreak that we're all kind of collectively processing this week, though, I would say. It's interesting that one person is able to make themselves happy and congratulations to Angie right but also to break the hearts of a nation at the yeah. same time as breaking the hearts of one man named Tim mm. and also like Tim is not someone who I think we were barracking for from the beginning necessarily no. and I think we were barracking for Angie from the beginning like she has always kind of been the thing that's drawing me to this season yeah so it is interesting to now look at her getting exactly what she has wanted the whole time and just go yeah, really though <laughs> yeah right it's it's this weird thing of uh me not understanding when it changed and when i went from caring more about tim to caring less about and do you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. where's the point in the continuum that that changes and i think it's happened in the last couple of weeks of as we've gotten less and less of the other men sure but the sheer process of eliminations Amy. i mean you know what it was right <laughs> it was kieran lee <laughs> right that's exactly what happened before we go any further, Zave, we should introduce ourselves. Hello. Wait a minute. I just want to go one little bit further before okay, you do that. Great, please. Um, <laughs> there I go. Max Quinn, my <laughs> name. Xavier Redsky Noonan, hey, his name. Um, I'm over here. I'll, I'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> Bachelor of Arts podcast is what we do. We've got arts degrees. We break down the show, talk about the context, what informs the decisions, what it says about us. Very smart people. Mm, funny boys. Big brains that are also very wrinkly. And the story of the season is that Angie has chosen Carlin, but that's not the only story to break this week, Zave. No. The other reason why love might be dead, Matt and Chelsea... You might remember they're from last season of The Bachelor. Do you recall it wrapped up mm, eight weeks ago? Let me think back. We were d were we still do we were doing the podcast. We were back then. We were doing yeah, the podcast yeah, back then, and I was living at this house. Yep, you were living at your place. That's right. Uh, I was still dating Evie. Yep. Um, we I still went to the same job. Um, this was yeah pretty so, yeah, recent. Like, Matt Chelsea they were on TV. Yeah, on yeah, the yeah, Bachelor. Yeah. You remember Bachelor? Yeah. So that it was, was like. It. Two, what were you doing like two months ago? This. Yeah. So that's, yeah, yeah. this is what that was. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Matt, Chelsea, Splitsville. Uh, Bit of a bummer. It's a, that's, a, yeah. So this news came in like quite soon after 
the finale, I think, like in the next couple of days. Yeah, it happened on Sunday. And, and we were like, aren't we Thursday. clever for taking too long to record our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Patting ourselves on the back. Oh, yeah, boy. I was busy this weekend. Lest what we about have to it? record an emergency pod. <laughs> uh, so, you know, thanks to <laughs> Chelsea and Matt for waiting. Uh, the timing of it is interesting, to yeah. say the least. Mm-hmm. So my thought is that contractually probably they had to wait until after angie's season had finished one would think even like i don't know much about the contract situation but i would think even leaving that aside like they probably didn't want to spoil the experience for other people yeah and like well maybe they didn't want to draw too much attention to it even so this is the thing there's a part of it that does feel kind of like a news dump you know that thing that media companies do where they'll put their like oh by the way we fucked up in this way out on a friday afternoon so hopefully no one notices Uh because they're all at the pub maybe they can fix it on monday morning kind of right yeah 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 yeah. maybe all the news outlets can write about it on monday instead of you know Mm. whatever so this coming out sort of like two o'clock three o'clock sunday afternoon Mm. was pretty i don't know like I was intrigued by the the timing of it. Mm. I thought that it was sad for the two of them to be breaking up, but also like it, it was a season where I was invested in the narrative of generally, I think of people who weren't Matt and Chelsea. Yeah, I guess that's true. It is interesting, like comparing it to what happened at the end of Bachelor last year mm. with Honey Badger. That was a very disappointing outcome for just about everybody, I would say. Uh, not least Channel 10, who I think we were talking about this, like presumably kind of wanted to play it a bit safe yeah. the next time around and kind of cast like this very affable, friendly, approachable, very hunky dude uh, in like a traditional batchy type of mold. Like he's like the anti-badger. Yeah, essentially that's kind of what his role was. And, you know, he managed to find... or casting (laughs) managed to find this like seemingly very perfect match for him who like you know he was a fucking spaceman and she was a fucking engineer chemical something yep it just like kind of seemed to i that's definitely exactly what it was and i'm a professional yeah (laughs) um but it seemed to click really well it seemed to be a pretty natural fit and it was almost so much of a foregone conclusion that that was the reason that maybe we got invested in other stuff yeah and to the extent to which well, we know. heard him i mean maybe i'm mischaracterizing the relationships that were happening on that season to, to conveniently tie things up but well to a certain extent but we're watching that show and i remember after the first episode being like that's the winner yeah you know yeah. it's it wasn't a surprise for them to get together mm which I think now makes it somewhat of a surprise that they're not together. Right, exactly. And you have to, like, I mean, you don't have to, and you have to avoid wondering, (laughs) like, what happened? What went wrong? And, like, the temptation as a commentator and uh, people in our position is to be like, well, here's the text that they didn't want you to see. Like, here's the Instagram post that unlocks it all or whatever. Yeah. But I think, like, you know, we can do as much speculating as we want to do, but I think at the end of the day, it's just like... Uh, it's a shame that it happened to these two people. Yep. We have no reason to believe anything bad happened. And it's more just like a lot of people were backing this relationship, thinking like it was pretty much a sure thing. It hasn't worked out that way. And we hope they're doing well. That's how I feel. Right. That's kind of how I feel too. And for me, it's not about the like the personal ramifications of, of what they've been through so much mm. as what the ramifications must be for the network, right? Sure. Um, this must be a huge disappointment to Channel 10, whose uh, 
I don't know, like this is now two seasons in a row of love not quite working out mm. uh, for The Bachelor. Because I think the Australian show does sort of pride itself on having a pretty good track record, at least yeah. compared to like US or international versions. And you have to wonder like what... Because if, if this felt like they were playing it safe and trying to guarantee a pretty good outcome, which let's say it may not be the case. Right. There's only a limited degree to which anyone has control over that. But, uh, you know, if, if that's what, what the sensation was going into this season, one could only assume the same thing. It'll snowball. And, like, next time, you know, I, I was thinking to myself, like, great, we've done all this. Like, now's the time when we're going to, like, start breaking down some barriers and have some, like, more interesting, like, gender, racial sort of representation. I always get my hopes up about this. Yes. I think they're probably going to go, ooh, it's a bit too soon. <laughs> like, we have not yet mastered the normal type of love. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I did the biggest air quotes of my life while doing that, just so you know. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it will be interesting. Or maybe they'll just be like, oh, fuck it. Like, <laughs> this thing doesn't work that well anyway. Well, yeah, I don't know. I think it might just speak to a... Uh, so I think it speaks to two things. Firstly, like a damn shame that Matt and Chelsea's relationship couldn't last the distance. Mm. You sort of kept apart after the show. There's all kinds of factors that, you know, can play into that turbulence so being pressure more turbulent. on that yeah. relationship right like but they're then, both people who have insecurities mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then also it feels like a failure maybe on the part of channel 10 in now two years in a row not getting the right kind of buy-in from the audience about their about their leading man or not quite getting their leading man right let mm. me just say that you know, uh, Matt was not someone who was universally loved mm. and I think these seasons feel generally more successful when the bachelorette, it, bachelor or bachelorette, is someone who we really want to get behind, yeah, and that's why, as much as to tie a, a bow around it, mm. as much as this outcome for Angie and Colin maybe feels like a little bit of a kick in the teeth because I ended up so squarely in Tim's corner, yeah, it also is like cool, good for you, happy for you. This felt like a really, really good season, mm. whereas I would say overall with the exception of a couple of very notable characters who endured quite a bit during their season of The Bachelor, that season was kind of average now, Yeah, you know? And uh, it was average with a nice ending, which made it like a good story and a good part of the Batchy narrative. Mm. Now that they're not together, the whole thing kind of feels a bit purposeless. Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? It mm. robs that whole experience of its power to a degree. Yes. So. So. <laughs> now, let's talk Angie... Carlin, Tim. And <laughs> old mate Ryan, who we have almost forgotten about already. Uh, there's a, a lot to say about Ryan. Yeah. I just like want to get some like closing thoughts, if we can, mm. on uh, just the last couple of minutes of, of the, the last episode. Sure. It was pretty heartbreaking to watch. Mm. It was something that solidified for me that Tim is someone who... I want to see on the TV again. Mm. If it's not in paradise, make him the bachelor. Mm. People love him. People do love him. Yeah. yeah. There was a big, big rallying cry for people like wanting him to be bachelor. Yeah. Which would be very interesting. I think that that might be a real, to to solve a problem that I created not five minutes ago, mm. it might be a real interesting way to get buy-in and to have a beloved bachelor much in the same way as we fell in love with maddie J on georgia love season the only thing that i think is in the back of my mind there's a little voice saying we did this 
Talk it, to me. It was fucking honey badger. <laughs> People and not. I didn't know about fucking honey badger. I didn't know honey badger from a maple syrup badger. Interesting. But people adored him. Yeah. People thought he was the funniest guy in the world because he said things were like other things, and that was wild. And then he went on the show and he fucked it. And I feel like if Tim were to drop the ball. If he, let's, I mean, there's speculation out the wazoo. Yeah. But it's like, because there was some minute part of doubt that was created around Tim that was like, he's this party boy. Right. You know? And they didn't really interrogate that idea very much, but we, to, to that end, we don't actually know that much about it. Right. So like, maybe he is, and like, maybe he... You know, also like maybe Angie was just the right the right person for him, right? And brought out great stuff in him. And were he to be presented with another twenty four women, we would kind of just think like, oh, who's this shithead, right? As much as we have built up that goodwill, I wonder, you know, is it going to be here in six months or whenever the season were to begin? Like, it raises all these interesting questions. I still think it's the right amount of goodwill to be able to cash in on. Mm. And the difference between Tim and the Honey Badger is that Tim's only TV experience is Is The Bachelor, bachelor. right? So he comes up through the format, he knows how to do it, and instinctively he's good at it, Mm. right? And it's like how Matty J brought a lot of himself and was the only Bachelor, I think, who was really, truly able to do this, Mm. to bring a lot of himself and inject his personality into a format that, like... Uh, encourages or births woodenness. Mm, mm, you know, mm. uh, this show annually gives birth to like these thick hunks of wood. Yeah. Think about like Richie, who yeah. everybody really liked and made a really great character of himself. Perhaps didn't have quite the same emotional stakes that someone like Tim would have. Right. Um, but certainly won the goodwill and you know, deserved his place as Bachelor, but then provided what I would consider to be, like, one of the least interesting seasons. Definitely. Uh, you know, it's it's it takes a certain something to be able to get through that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, Remains to be seen. I, I think Tim would be fantastic as Bachelor. I'd be very curious to see it. Um, I The fact that I can already kind of predict what some of the story beats would be makes me inherently, like, somewhat less interested in it, I guess. Um, but also, like... They did just try having, like, a new person out of the blue. Didn't super connect. Like, you know, there was good stuff in that season, obviously. Right. But, like, no one was watching because of, you know... Matt, the magnetic bachelor that we had to love. Yeah. Instead, they have had this dream run with this beautiful lunatic Mm. who now I think, like, you've got the currency. Mm. Cash it in. Tim is genuinely unlike any other person I've ever seen on Australian television... TV full stop. And he's not like, yeah, I don't know. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Yeah. It's like, it it never got too much. Yep. Yep. He just played it exactly right. And there's a lot to, a lot to dive into there. I also want to say, uh, like good shit for Angie and Colin, right? We've come this far in the podcast. It's cool. It seems like they're happy. Mm. They told Vogue this week that they will be, or Angie will be moving to Sydney. They won't be living together. They're going to be taking it nice and slow. Yeah. Yeah. So the wash up is that they seem to be pretty happy. Yeah. 
it seems like they're not putting all of their eggs in that basket yep. and allowing it to sort of grow at a more natural pace and that kind of thing, which seems a-okay by me. Yeah, right? Good and healthy. Because and- you hear so much about the come down from this show. Yeah. Like, you can only imagine. She, I mean, she's like, you know, I don't have a fucking boat or whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> but all of that, like, that environment creates so much mm, expectation. Right. And so much, you know baggage i guess yes yeah um, i think that's the right word mm. uh, yeah so the only other stuff that uh has come out this week that i thought was particularly noteworthy was that we know that angie and tim and angie and carlin sorry angie and tim and angie and kieran have been in touch still chatting during the show um which is forbidden by channel 10 but is it really yeah they're not allowed to do that mm. yes but uh it turns out that angie has broken the rules and she said on the project something like it's me and Tim. Of course we were going to chat. What are you going to do? Right. What are you going to do? Right, exactly. Yeah. So here we are. I think we should dive into our recap yeah. of the... Do we ever do anything but dive in, by the way? Mm, we should sail a boat on top of the recap. There we go. Mm. Let's... Uh, what do you call it? All you hoist the mast? Yeah, let's... Toot, toot. Uh, all that stuff. Uh, to The Bachelorette Australia Season 5 Episode 11. Episode 11 begins with Angie saying, I came on this love safari because I've never been in love before. Which is a great phrase. Beautiful. And it's kind of like saying, I came to this all-you-can-eat pizza hut because I've never tried food before. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Um, There's also like a screen-filling close-up. I was watching on my big screen, ultra-high-definition television. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Patreon supporters. We don't have have one of this. Um, Of a Priceline pharmacy bag uh, from which she pulls a generic hairbrush. I just thought it was very funny. that That's the only way that they could squeeze in the Priceline's Boncon. Yeah, it's it's really hard to make sense of all of these feelings when you've never been in love before, right? Mm. But do you know what I do love, Zave? What is that? Cetaphil Skin Cleanser, just sixteen seventy nine on sale this week at Priceline. <laughs> Is that what she uses? Nah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, time for some dates. Up first is Tim. Angie brings a sunflower to give him, and moments later, they get on the back of this massive motor tricycle. Yes. Uh, as I'm calling it, it's full name. <laughs> I'm showing it the respect that it deserves. Uh, and Tim says, it's super romantic riding on the back of this trike with just me and Angie and Mark, the trike driver. He is infinitely quotable in this episode. <laughs> He's got so, so many. many good ones. Yeah. Like uh, the thing that he says immediately prior to this is that there was some bloke who used to live across the road from him. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Who used to ride on one of these giant trikes, mm-hmm. owned a bunch of them, but never let Tim have a go. Yeah. <laughs> Just air it out, bro. Just air out your dirty laundry. And then also, while they're in the car, mm. this one. Fresh air's a game changer, hey. <laughs> and also yells at a horse. It's so asks funny. if it's real. And then he gets hit in the head by a rock. <laughs> I'm like in awe of Tim in this moment. I'm yeah. like... I get the I get that this is being cut together over a certain period of time, but like I say something that funny like once per week. Yeah, he is just like boom, boom, knocking him down. Bang, bang, bang. He's really, really, really good. He also describes uh, at the start of this episode a lot of screaming in his guts. <laughs> I missed I missed that. So Tim was like, "Oh, I've just got this screaming in me guts about whether oh, I mean I just am falling in love with her, and my guts. <laughs> is, I was hoping that my guts would be screaming and." My guts are screwed. Do you know what that would sound like? Is there an onset medic or something you could talk to? <laughs> uh, 
Um, so they disembark the trike, saying goodbye to Mark, uh, and they arrive at a big canvas where they'll be doing some painting using their bodies as the paintbrushes, and also using paintbrushes to brush the paint onto their paintbrush bodies. <laughs> um, as it happens, this is pretty damn cute. Yeah. Um, Angie paints over Tim's moustache. Um, I noticed when he shaved his moustache later in the next episode, I'm like, did he just not get the yeah, paint could out? could you just not get it out? Yeah. That's funny. Um, then she does de- uh, red dots all over his face, and he starts chucking fistfuls of paint all over the canvas, and he starts telling her, you look so fucking cute. He picks her up, he kisses her, he tells the camera, I'm definitely falling for her. It's loose. It's hectic. I think it's just meant to be. They're so funny in this moment. This is a wonderful, wonderful date. It's a great date, but the thing is that they make it great, right? Like, this is a date that... uh, Let's talk about the outdoors date where Abby and Matt went and made juice with their feet. Oh, yeah. Good, right? Fun. Mm. Brought it out of each other. Yeah. You put other people in those date settings... As we've seen, like, Angie and Ryan go whale watching on the next date. Not the same, Mm. but there's stuff to be brought out of it if you have the right kind of person. And Tim is that person. You know, Angie says, it's like we're two kids painting at preschool drunk. And this is what makes them special, (laughs) right? They're so similar. You know, I really feel it with them. Angie describes it as two weirdos falling for each other. And Mm. isn't that what love is basically you know like it's pretty evident that they are absolutely fascinated by each other Mm. and it jumps off the screen and i isn't the point of this whole thing to find the person whose weirdness matches your weirdness right totally yeah i'm also thinking thinking back to like last season is this maybe the messy date yeah we talk about the messy date being this thing that kind of unlocks something in a lot of these couples uh it's often but not always a sign that that couple will end up being the couple in this instance, obviously not. Mm. But, uh, yeah. I don't know. It's just interesting. That's what yeah. I was thinking while I was watching it. Well, it's also important that Tim feels seen in this, right? Like, he's talking about how he has more that more to offer than just being a joker and a shit stirrer. Mm. And how well, Angie... Than being a what, sorry? A shit stirrer? No, before that. A joker? Mm. Okay. Mm. And <laughs> he talks about how Angie saw something in him. Mm. And I think that's really compelling television. Right. Totally. Um, up next, they sit at a batchy couch in a cave, I think. Uh, with <laughs> well, I don't know, so this is like sunflowers scattered around, and Angie says, "I knew you were a turd, but I figured I'd let you stick around because you make me laugh and you make the others laugh." But I thought he's probably going to be one of those, you know, quote unquote characters. And at this point, I'm like, she's breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, because that's what I think a lot of us maybe assumed about him is that he would be some like loopy fucking like. Uh, he'd be Britney. He'd be a cha-cha dancer on Bachelor in Paradise, right. basically. Yeah, but he is so developed beyond that um and it's because she has taken the time to look at what is really going on within him totally and because they have found something that is like amazing in confessional that they keep going to yeah yeah tim says you're someone that i want to make my decisions for two for uh how i look at you is a little bit inspired like if i had a daughter you have all the attributes for my daughter to be growing up with as a mom like i look at you differently i can't really do justice to his phrasing yeah um but it's a pretty sweet little speech, I think. Like, he is capable of saying some super heartfelt stuff. Yeah. And it comes from that place of honesty, I think. You feel it. It's passion. Mm. And the way that Angie responds to it in confessional is to describe Tim as a big old crazy risk. Yes. She says that Tim is uh, her biggest gamble, even though she's the most drawn to him. And 
the way that Tim responds to her, I thought was really compelling too, right? Mm. Like he's like, all relationships are a gamble, um, but he'll do anything it takes to make it work because he's falling from her. Falling from her? No. (laughs) (laughs) He's been climbing her and uh, the branches have started to sway. (laughs) So then we hear again from Angie who says, do I go for safe because that's what I wanted? Or do I go for the person who I have crazy chemistry with who constantly makes me laugh? <laughs> Could you hear at that time the whole of a fuck Australia screaming at the TV? Yeah, totally. Like, ah, uh, we've chosen! We've cho- we have picked for you! Yeah, yeah. Um, up next is Ryan. Uh, <laughs> the one Australia chose for her, obviously. Ah, good, yeah. yes. Um, and she wants to find out if there's more between them than just animal attraction. Yeah, good. Um, she rocks up to meet him on a big yacht and uh, they set off to do some whale watching. Uh, in other words, kind of just sitting quietly on a boat for a while. Um, they spot a humpback whale, which promptly vanishes. Uh, I'm surprised it wasn't a baleen whale, like a baling whale. Ugh. Like a bale... Like, hmm? um, a pod of dolphins swims right up to the boat and they look at the dolphins... <laughs> Um, all this excitement starts to get the best of Angie. <laughs> um, she soon becomes nauseous, uh, and before long is so seasick that she kind of just has to sit there being cradled by Ryan. So this is the point that I want to make about Tim's date before. Mm-hmm. When you have people who have good TV chemistry, mm. this date jumps off the TV. This date did not jump off the TV, and it was steered so heavily by Angie. At this point, Hmm. we cut to Tim in voiceover in excess of 10 times across his date with Angie. And we cut to Ryan on this date exactly twice. Wow. You know, like one at the beginning, one at the end, everything else Angie is steering. Yeah. And in a way, it's almost like a godsend that she did get seasick on the date. Right. Because it's the only notable thing that happens. Um and even then, it's the second Angie puke date. And even then, she didn't even actually puke on this one. <laughs> what a letdown. Um, at their batchy couch, Ryan describes Angie as everything and more. Yeesh. Uh, and Angie describes Ryan as, quote, stable and so calm and, quote, a sure thing, which is incorrect. Um Ryan says, I think with your lifestyle and my lifestyle, I just see them gelling quite well. I assume he means dogs and nothing else. Right. I'm still looking for things to connect these two on apart from that and the fact that he seems friendly and nice. So I think there's that and it's all of the context that we haven't been given access to. Mm. Right. From years of social media chats. Sure. And I think both of them are being kind of cagey about that. Right, totally. Maybe Angie just knows that she's not going to end up actually picking him. So she's like, ah, look, I don't need to go into it with the the whole of Australia. Right, we don't need to let all of Australia into my DMs. But fuck, wouldn't... Like, aren't you? Give us the password, Angie. Give us the password, number one. But haven't you already let all of Australia into your DMs by inviting this man on the fucking show? Sure, that's very true. Uh, He says, you've got the best heart, you're driven, you're compassionate, you're just stunning to look at. Um, And then in a Voxy, Angie says, the question going through my mind is, maybe Tim is a little bit too cray, and maybe Ryan is just not cray enough. Which, like, leaves you with Carlin. Right. The healthy middle ground. I I think But Carlin doesn't have any cray. He's in the same boat as Ryan, don't you think? I don't think Carlin is particularly cray at all. Um... Uh, from cray at all to grave, mm. I would say that <laughs> is true. Yeah, uh, he's not Crayola. He's friggin' 
doing? Pay, pay all up. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, this is this is fairly nice. As usual, I like. I just don't have a lot to say about it. They share a kiss. Ryan describes his feelings towards her as insatiable. Uh, saying, My love for you insatiable. <laughs> Uh, he says, I don't want to say goodbye, ever. It's just, like, impolite. And you know, in movies, when people hang up the phone, they don't say goodbye. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so rude. And that's it for this date, uh-huh. right? Yeah. It takes up 10 minutes of screen time as yeah. opposed to Tim's date, which took up 17. Yeah, interesting. You know, there's just there's not too much to say about Ryan, and I wonder if it is that he hasn't given the storytellers too much to work with. Mm. Um... Carlin is next. If you remember, his hometown date was pretty fucked. Yep. Uh, Angie found out her batchy boyfriend is a bit keen for a TV role, mm-hmm. uh, and he didn't deny it. So what are they going to do? They do what all couples do when they're in a bit of trouble, when they're hitting rocky territory or whatever. And they it's also what all groups of primary school children in the school band who are going <laughs> to the Great Aussie Bush Camp do. And that's head to Glenworth Valley. <laughs> On the beautiful central coast. Right. Oh, I've heard good things. It's great. Yeah. Go. The people there? Lovely. Yeah. The um, salt of the earth, Mm. um, but also uh, sun in my stars. Mm. So Carlin starts to explain in the car that modeling and acting are kind of dirty words on the show. Um, So he opted not to mention them, which I almost feel like is enough explanation because it really makes sense. Yep. Um, but you know, he's like, oh, well, it backfired when the truth came out. And Angie's like, well, being honest probably would have served you better in that situation. Feels like the conversation's over, but it's not. Um, at the Batchy Couch, Colin says, it hasn't been smooth sailing, but he's glad to still be in the game. And then he keeps talking. He's like, uh, well, I haven't done that much acting since like 2016, maybe a few commercials for money since then, but that's really it. And like, they're still just sort of chewing through this and processing it. I was just so curious about it because like that that's the one thing that they're kind of grabbing onto with Carlin but it seems like this is a good opportunity to talk about some other stuff that's happening with him right and like there's this immense sense of relief when she's like oh well okay well okay now I understand you're not really an actor you're kind of just a failed actor <laughs> and that's like a heaps better but like again it's like the focus of it should be that he was not being truthful about it right but instead it's like I don't know why we're flicking back to this thing about him like how many acting roles has he had? It doesn't really feel like it should be that relevant. Well, as it turns out, I did do a bit of digging into that. Oh, Max. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, Carlin is best known for uh, the role of Alien Soldier (laughs) in a movie called Occupation, filmed last year. Okay, I definitely know that movie and have heard of it and seen it a bunch. Uh, And in 2016, he did play the lead role in a commercial for Chinese telecom company Huawei. Oh, that would have been money. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, didn't catch those, though? No. I haven't seen those. What no. about the 2012 movie Fatal Honeymoon, set on the Barrier Reef? <laughs> that sounds good. He played the role of police dive crew. <laughs> the whole crew? Apparently so. Wow. He's a one-man army. Yep. So, yeah, it's basically, it's just like this date is all sitting and chatting, and she, much like she was relieved when Ryan was like, well, no, I only sort of half lied to you. Yeah. This is the same thing. Yeah. He's like, um, you know, I wouldn't call myself an actor. I'm sort of more of like just a rich kid who yeah. like doesn't have to work that much. Yeah. She's like, oh, thank goodness. Thank fuck. <laughs> uh, can I come and freeload with you? Well, I mean, that is what she does, right? <laughs> We've learned that. Um, 
So I don't know. Colin says this is our last date. I want to. I want you to leave, not having any doubts. My feelings for you are so strong. And then he says this sentence: "The right words really is that I'm falling in love with you, Angie." And that's kind of. I mean, I'm always. I don't. I don't want to just like police people's grammar or whatever. But I'm always so curious in the way that people phrase this. Because it has so much, like the the plot. <laughs> if you were to call this a movie, like this is where the third act begins. Like the right. plot of this relationship hinges on this sentence. It is so important for some reason within the world of Bachelor and Bachelorette that the love word gets said, and whether it's like I'm beginning to fall in love with you, or like I can see myself falling in love with you, or I am in love with you, or I really do think that potentially, like you know, all the different ways that people couch it. I keep going on about this because it's so fascinating to me, and I've never heard it said. Like it's this really before. interesting. Colin actually has another crack at it in the next episode, right? And there's more in this like semantic world to break down so i suggest let's couch this mm. table this mm. let's, let's table, table this now let's table the couching for now yes and we'll come back to it when he tries again has round two in right. the next episode um angie says really i don't take you for a liar and carlin says you have no idea how much that means <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a low bar uh, um date duration here 10 minutes carlin confessional count four right interesting so somewhere in the middle hmm mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, then we go to the rose ceremony. Angie says she's fallen in love with little pieces of all three of the men. And so I'm like, well, I have to change my bet on sports bet because she's clearly <laughs> going to make like a Frankenstein's monster out of like all of the, the favorite parts. Good. Um, I did actually put money on it. I've not really told anybody. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you get it right? Uh, yeah, I did. Damn. Yeah. I made like three bucks. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Proud I of put you. put $10 on it <laughs> a few weeks ago. I was so worried about telling anyone. <laughs> Oh, I dropped my phone. Oh, oh, God. He's a disaster, ladies and gentlemen. So, basically, what's happening here is... Don't gamble. <laughs> You'll drop your phone. Uh, Angie is, like, so stressed about what's happening here. The thing that's fucking her up is that she doesn't want to have the conversation with Ryan, who, mm. like, I'm confident was supposed to win. You reckon? I think that he was brought in as... I've aired this conspiracy theory on the podcast before. I thought he was brought in to be the winner of the show. Right. And I was quite disappointed, if you recall, earlier in the season being like, oh, it's a foregone conclusion. Yeah. Why are we watching this? I'm so upset that they've just flown in another man to win on yeah, yeah, the celebrity yeah. season. Yeah. So I kind of feel like maybe, I don't know if it was promised, but it was maybe like intended mm. or Ryan might feel like it was a foregone conclusion that he was going to be the person who ended up winning. Such an interesting subtext to what is about to happen. Right. Hey? Yeah. 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 Um. So, Carlin gets the first rose before she is able to hand out the second one, though. She's sort of overcome with emotion. She's crying. She starts covering her face. She doesn't want to be seen by the men. She doesn't want to be seen by the cameras. She walks out of the room and just says, uh, just give me a minute. And then Tim in voiceover says, what is going on? This is hectic. And it's like the most drawn out version of that word you can imagine. And he got to commercial straight off it. I love it. Uh, cut to Angie outside. Sorry for laughing. Um, uh, still Never apologize. Well, I mean, because Angie is not having a good time. He's a golden ray of light. <laughs> well, yes, Tim. We love him. He gets us through all these moments. Um, Angie is still weeping, although still looking pretty fabulous. I wanted to point out this dress that she's wearing. The pink it's like dress? This hot pink. It's great. Cocktail dress. It's a good time. Um, and she is talking to like a producer or a minder or something. And she says, I'm just thinking about the conversation I'll have to have after. I just feel like I can't do that. 
Um, but she's finally able to get it together enough to come back inside saying like, I've just got to trust my gut. Um, even though it's screaming, (laughs) um, and her gut tells her to give the final rose to Tim. And I like, I I can't really overstate how surprised I was on Wednesday night. Me too. I really didn't see this happening. I really had been thinking for quite some time that it was going to be Ryan and Colin. And I was not going to be very interested in watching that. And suddenly, like, things all kind of turned around. And I was like, fuck, what, Tim? Like, there are all these incredible stakes that get transferred into the finale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so I had thought maybe that a lot of those emotions were because she was going to get rid of Tim, who has been such this, like, source of levity throughout the show and, like, such a, like, shoulder for her to sort of lean on whilst all this other stuff has been going on. Yeah. And I was like, well, it would be hard to say goodbye to that person. And then I was like, well, fucking Ryan left. I don't even... But now you point this out about, like, maybe he did, like, get told or assume that he was... The person who's going to win, Or right? perhaps there was some kind of understanding between Angie and he. Yeah, I don't know. He's just, like, this stunned mullet and Angie is so sad. And in this moment, I was having a hard time, like, feeling for Ryan because I wasn't that invested in his story because there hasn't really been that much mm. of one. I imagine whatever is informing this reaction is just whatever happened before the show. Right, yeah. Like, and, and what she's worried about is losing the friendship and companionship or whatever there has been up to this point. Yeah, and for me, like, watching him struggle to maintain control as they're, like, going through it, that was the first time that on a human level I understood how much there was that was, like, the true extent of how much it feels like there was that's been unsaid, mm. you know? I think Ryan, to his credit, like, does handle it super well. Yeah. He tells the boys, um, don't worry about it. I just want her to be happy, you know? And Colin says, I love you, bro. And then Tim gives him a little kiss on the head, which is super adorable. I feel like this is, like, a really good moment of just, like, men not being shit. Yeah. Um, which is very welcome. Um, and Ryan tells Angie, don't feel awful. I don't want to make this any harder on you. Just know that I think the absolute world of you. I just wish you all the happiness in the world. She says, I'm sorry. And then he says, don't apologize. This is like such a class act. Like I'm, I'm yeah. really just like impressed by this. We still don't really know anything about Ryan. I have no reason to say anything other than like, he seems like a good dude. Yep. But I was very impressed by the way that he handled this. Yeah. I wish there was uh, more of a story. Right. Um, but you know, Angie is still pretty distraught. She was crying through a lot of the rose ceremony. She seems to break down again as Ryan leaves she says that was the worst why did i do that that was the wrong decision that felt awful i shouldn't have done that which is like a pretty incredible tease leading into the finale and i wonder what she is actually meaning by that yeah what are we supposed to think here do you think well i just wonder like what if colin watches that back or like you know like that is so contrary to her actions right right i mean obviously but you know what do we take from that I don't know. There is the long-standing theory that the uh, bachelorette sends the a bachelor or bachelorette sends the second favorite home third because it makes the finale less difficult. Yeah, but given the way that she describes Tim in the next episode, mm. I don't know how to make heads or tails of this. I truly think that she just really likes all of these men. Yeah, I guess so. It is still even at the very end of it. I'm like, but God. <laughs> I know. <laughs> because, like, this thing affects her so much. The Tim thing affects her so much. It's just like, I want this to mean all of that. Like, I want this to be worth all of that. Right. Um, and I sincerely hope it is. I have no reason to doubt it, except that, like, 
the story was not really there with Carlin. Yeah, we just haven't had the chance to get to know Carlin's personality much outside of the first episode where, like, it was the shock reveal that he was still technically married. Right. And he is still technically... I mean, it's not a big deal, but... Yeah. Well, you know, there's a conversation happening. Now we progress to The Bachelorette Australia Season 5, Episode 12, and we are in beautiful Byron Bay, Xavi. Mm-hmm. Osha welcomes us to, as he calls it, the jewel in our own backyard. <laughs> the most magical place to declare one's love. Network 10 didn't even notice the price tag was a bit lower this time around. <laughs> they could have gone anywhere and they picked here. 30 minutes down the road from Ballina. <laughs> could it be better, Xavi? Only if you sit across the pred... The, wait, wait, wait. 30 minutes down the road from Ballina. Could it be better, Xavi? Only if we were sat across the head of the prawn itself, picking up a loaf from Martin's Bakery on Tamar Street on the way home. Is that possible? Could we explore that for next year? Is a crest a word? We should also explore that next time on mm-hmm. the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. Tune in for our off-season podcast where we read the dictionary from A to Z. <laughs> a crest should come up fairly early. Well, we read the dictionary A to Z and decide whether or not it should still be a word. Yeah, that sounds like a podcast. Let's do that. Oh, God. (laughs) Coming to you in a billion parts. (laughs) So Angie is comparing her two choices like this. She says, Carlin's like this cavoodle. Everyone loves a cavoodle. Uh, They're so good to look at. No one doesn't like a cavoodle. And then Tim is like this three-legged dog that everyone also loves, but they're still like, oh, well, he's got like three legs. It's like, which do you want? The perfect safe option that won't shit all, that won't piss all over the floor? Or the eccentric one who'll just shit everywhere? And it's this interesting thing where it's like, she's framing this like there are equal things, but one of them is clearly just good, and one of them is clearly (laughs) like, has a few problems. It's like, okay, I kind of, uh, we're foregrounding foreshadowing what's going to happen at the end of this episode right yeah the uh, the analogy is not analogous no exactly um but yeah it's time to meet up with the family angie's parents plus her undercover brother brad plus her other brother josh who was so deep undercover that we haven't even met him yet (laughs) um as you might remember the family all seemed to like carlin on previous meetings but dad was like passionately against him. Yeah. Um, a position that he maintains here for somewhat interesting reasons, saying, quote, I don't really mind as long as I don't see a man bun bobbing down the carpet. He even calls Tim a joker. I'm not talking about <laughs> it. Uh, and then he talks about on two, two different occasions, makes a point about him wearing his sister's pants. Yeah. Uh, like, and we also get some shit about his haircut. It's just mm. like this, like good old, old school heteronormative shit, which... Like, Tim can look how he wants, and it's in this age, Mm. says more about the person making the comment than it does about the person who's wearing the thing. And it's also like, sure, go off. Be like a batchy dad fucking, like, be a gross (laughs) patriarch or whatever. But at least maybe make some comments about the personalities or about, like, the real, how realistic you feel like the relationship is or the, you know, the bond between them and your daughter or something like that. Don't just be like, nah, I don't like his haircut. Not sure about the look of him. Yeah. Yeah. So then we watched him rehearsing how to introduce himself both (laughs) physically with his body and then also in confessional with his words. This rules. He's a fucking treasure. Yeah. He's so good. He shaved his mo. And also, I want to shout out to the dark denim on June-coloured button-up that he's mm. wearing here. Like, I think it's a really good look for Tim. And It's a little parent makeover. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's super, super nice. And he is struggling 
even as nice as he looks and as normal as he is trying to be here mm-hmm. to just like interact as a human person and I fucking lost it yeah. as he was narrating us through it. The best one was Don't Chew With Your Mouth Full. That was incredible. Um, I also liked, I'm not my best when I'm just sitting at the table. I struggle to sit down and that. <laughs> oh my goodness, is this a knee problem? Yeah. Uh, he goes, I'm always moving around, looking around. They'd, they'd be thinking, this bloke's a bit crook. He's not well. I'm well, promise! He like yells it. He's this like weird furtive little skunk that they've invited to dinner. <laughs> and I love it. You know, like he's like, don't skull the champagne. Look people in the eyes, sit still. Can you imagine him at school? Yeah, true. Fuck. Well, he must have heard a lot of that type of stuff. Like, don't skull the champagne, it's yeah. cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I do... Like, this is peak Tim for me in terms of, like, being a relatable figure. Yeah. Because um, I don't I don't use all of the same sort of lingo that he does or whatever. I don't necessarily think that we think exactly the same way or whatever. Right. But when you put him in a situation like this or, like, the fancy dinner date or whatever, like, he's just a funny fucking dude to be a fish out of water. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he thrives in that environment and... There's a lot of like emotional resonance to what he says later about the environments that he's been put in growing up that says I think speaks a lot to his character. We'll get there. Yeah. I just want to say this first. Champagne. <laughs> lasagna. <laughs> yeah. Champagne? Oh. Lasagne? <laughs> lasagne? It's not bad. I so I just think pick one. Yeah. You know? pick, a, pick a lane or a uh, lanya. Yeah, if we are uh, in the English language going to be translating these words anyway mm. over from uh, That's true. Italian or from French. Neither, yeah, of course. We'll have our own version. Let's get it. You know? Why don't we just have the same word for both? Right. Would you that's... like some? And then you, whatever happens, you'll be happy. Exactly right. I think <laughs> I think that's really, really positive. And it's it's also like uh, it's like Christian Kirsty, right? Sure. Pick one. Yeah. You don't. There's no. There's no real difference there. Sorry to all the Christies and Kirsties listening. You know what, though? I bet there is, like, a sharp, like, divide between Christies and Kirsties. I bet Christies fucking hate Kirsties. I bet the same works the other way around. Uh, I don't like egg Xavier's. <laughs> I'm a Xavier through and through. I, uh, I mean, I'm fine with all other Maxes because I rarely meet them. Really? Yeah. I feel like I meet a Max... Oh, you know what? It is you. It's you. It's me. Hello. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember we did that podcast a few months ago? <sighs> what would that been? Ab- it was about. Been about. Um. Oh, did you watch The Bachelor? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think um, we podcasted that whole season. Uh, it makes sense. Yeah, that sounds like something I would do. Mm. Yeah, you were there for that. Yeah, the whole thing. Oh, sick. Mm. Yeah. Actually, you weren't there for that. All of that. Oh, maybe that's why I'm not remembering <laughs> it so well. Um, the grilling continues. He's asked what he can give Angie that Carlin can't. And we don't really see an answer, no. as is the case for a lot of these. Um, his party boy image is called into question, um, although it's really just those two words being brought up. We don't really see an answer. This chunk, I think, is clearly meant to make us accept that there is some doubt about Tim, I think. Um, however, when he eventually does get a chance to speak for himself... Um, well, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I notice at this point there's dialogue that's edited together from like three different scenes yeah. that are trying to just kind of like put a cap on this and make us feel okay about it and make it feel like he's won them over. It's interesting. I don't really know how it played out. Um, we hear him saying that Angie's such a powerful woman. She lights up his life, that kind of thing. But it's a like clip from chats he's having with all of them. The best part in here for me was Tim talking about how he was fighting uphill and getting judged straight away and how often this happens to him, right? Mm. For being bad news. And so he says, like, he's used to it. 
but he's not a party boy. He says, I was the kid at school where the parents go, don't go to Tim's house. Yeah. And then he sort of backs away from the camera. He's, he's like, oh, well. Yeah. And it, like, it is a window into the fucking soul. That's quite a real moment. Yeah. yeah. Like compare it against when Carlin says, I don't know if you know this, but I was actually bullied. Yeah. <laughs> Totally, yeah. You know, like, uh, there's so much here that is said with Tim in the silence and the micro-truths of what it must have been like to be that way growing up. And yes, in these situations where he's uncomfortable, he's fucking funny, but it's because he's been in so many of them that he's kind of comfortable being uncomfortable. He's developed that coping skill, yeah. Right, right, exactly. And, um, like, we sit and appreciate this maverick with a heart of gold, but I think one of the fundamental truths of life is... Uh, like being such an assured person comes from being in a place where you've gone through some stuff, yeah. you know, that's really, really formative. And I don't know, like maybe it speaks to my own upbringing that this was so resonant for me. Like mm. I was someone who didn't have friends over because I was weird and precocious, mm. you know, mm. like that, that when Tim said that, I was like, Oh, I get you, you mm. know, like it was, it was a real, like, this is the first time that I've seen myself properly, I think, in yeah, Tim. Yeah. You know, and I don't think I spelled trouble as much as I just spelled every word that I could think of in a little <laughs> notebook that I had. Uh, but, like, uh, it was weird to feel that kinship with a TV character who's so, like, uh, who is ostensibly different to me, mm. but uh, is mm, to feel that thing of because of forces beyond your control because of the sheer virtue of your DNA or, Mm. you know, having to rally against preconceptions about who you are and what you're like, you're marked as different. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was really powerful to see Tim have that experience and speak to it in a way that was almost tender. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing that, Maxie. Yeah. I, um... Also, I guess I relate to that in a way. Like, I don't have a lot of people over even now in my life because mm. um, I'm busy playing Pokemon. That's right. So, you know, we've all gone through some Everyone's stuff. been through some stuff. Yeah. How how much stuff have you been through in Pokemon oh, so like far? Like six gyms. Shit. Yeah, but by the time this comes out, you know, it's Probably out of date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Josh says, he's a little bit weird, but if you're not weird, you're not human. Right. And even Angie's dad seems on board, although he says, we'll have to negotiate a little down the track if Tim's going to move into their family. We'll get the scissors out and lop that man bun off top. Then he'll be quite welcome. Really glad that he's like looking out for Angie's best interest here. Like, right? this is all that he has to offer. <laughs> like, get fucked, Angie's dad. Yeah. Like, if the best that you've got is get a haircut... Mm. Go back to the fucking 60s. Maybe here's the thing. Maybe he's like, I am not interested in participating in The Bachelorette, Angie. And Angie's like, yeah, but you've got to. And he's like, all right, I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) And then this is the level to which he is prepared to engage in this experience. It's like, oh, man. Not this one. Yeah. I did like Josh, though, I will say. Yeah. Angie's undercover brother's other brother. Yeah, his undercover brother's undercover brother. That's right. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I thought that Josh was really sweet. And in the way that he said uh, to the whole family, he's in. Yeah. It was sort of like the maybe the tick of approval that Tim needed. He said, like, we've got to find a woman that's going to treat Angie like the queen she is. And I was yeah. like, slay. <laughs> He's great. He's a good yeah. boy. He's fun. Uh, and then Colin meets up with Angie and, uh, and then the family, uh, Brad basically says he's interested to see if Colin has a sense of humor and, uh, to see how that clicks in with the families. 
The first proper lol, though, comes from Angie's mum, Jane, who accidentally calls Carlin Tim. Good. <laughs> it's really good. And, like, also, like, fair enough. Go, Janie. Um, I probably couldn't tell most of these part dudes apart for, like, most of the season. Um, so, so fine if she wants to make that blunder. Look, it's it's just fascinating that it comes off the back of Papa Mark describing Tim and Carlin as chalk and cheese. Right, yeah. And his wife's like, hey, wrong name. <laughs> hey, can you pass the chalk? Oh. 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 <laughs> um, they then laugh about how maybe Jane wants Tim all to herself and how that'll maybe be the twist ending of the finale. And I'm like, on the one hand, like, let's give that a shot. Yeah. Because that would be a pretty great fucking twist ending for the finale. But then also everyone's laughing and we hear a voiceover of Josh saying that, you know, like, oh, it turns out Colin's actually funny. He knows how to have a laugh with the family or whatever. He's cracking everyone up. Mm. But it's like, he definitely didn't do anything. He just kind of <laughs> sat there. <laughs> fucking Jane is a sick legend. She pulled a great joke out of her ass. Uh, and Colin's like soaking up all the credit. That's what you get sometimes if you're a nice smiley dude. <sighs> if you're a fucking handsome white guy? Yeah. Well, tell me about it. <laughs> um, speaking of Jane being a sick legend, Jane takes Carlin away for a chat and straight up asks him about the ex-partner. Carlin says he feels like a year and a half is a long time and he's done a lot of healing and reflecting since the breakup, um, which I want to give him credit for because like, that is totally fair yeah this is a side of Colin that I really like and I want to make clear like there's not outside of the part of Colin where we made fun of him for being like I was actually bullied right you know uh, right. and the way that that came across as an incredibly acted thing yeah when he was trying to pretend not to be an actor yes uh he's genuine he's sweet he's kind he is thoughtful he is a considered grown fucking man mm. and the way that he responds to Angie's mum and deals with this here pristine couldn't be better squeaky clean yeah he says, I'm feeling like I've made a really good connection with Angie and I am 100% falling in love with your daughter. And Jane says, oh, well, that's nice. That's nice to hear. It's totally true. You know, like, it's, it is nice to hear from her perspective. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. sweet. And yeah. also, like, I want to say everything that I said about Tim about going through something hard to come to a, a place of assuredness and knowing who you are also applies to Colin in this situation. Sure, yeah. Yeah, it just feels like this is a man who is comfortable, oh, he's so is confident, comfortable in his own it's just like, yeah. okay, cool, this is where I'm at, this is what I want. Yeah. Um, after he leaves, the family discuss the tough choice between the two. Brad says Tim is really passionate, and he says, Carlin, from day dot, we all thought was genuine, here for the right reasons. And I noticed at this point that the word genuine has been coming up a lot. It came up twice in that last paragraph. Um, it also, you just said it. Um, and I feel like that is the number one word that is being used to describe Colin for a lot of this. So I just want to correct your pronunciation on it. <laughs> Go on. I think it's disingenuine. <laughs> Inge ingenuous. It's ingenuous. There you go. But yeah, I think the focus on that is really interesting. I can't really tell exactly what it's coding, but like by its nature, like this episode is a comparison between two people, right? We've got Tim, we've got Carlin. And when I think about Tim and Carlin, like the one of them that screams genuine to me is Tim. Right. Like that seems to be his biggest asset. That seems to be the thing that sets him apart from 
what you know anyone else that we've ever seen on TV. Tim, particularly being the person who was brought in to adjudicate when Carlin's genuineness was brought into question. Sure, that's a very good point. You know, and like all of the the reason that we have these disingenuine jokes to to riff on, right, is because Carlin's genuineness was brought into question by Jamie. Right. So maybe that we're just hitting the genuine thing over and over and over and over again to make us feel like... To make us forget that part of the season ever happened. Yeah. To make us feel like there's not an ingenuine bone in his body. <laughs> but it's so interesting that, like, my number one thing, even if you don't like Tim at all, even if he grates on you, even if you find him really annoying, you could not argue that he is not being himself because you would not choose to be like right. that. Right. Totally. He's, yeah, he, I, I mean, I don't know. Would you choose to be like that? Maybe. I, th- I think he's a cool legend. Well, like, of course he's a sick legend. Yeah. But I mean, like, the, his angle, his, like, attitude, yeah. his, like, you know, when he goes up in the hot air balloon and he talks about the horses. Yeah. You know, we'll get to it. He's a, he's odd. He's a space cadet. Yeah. That's part of the appeal. Yeah. Time for some final dates. Carlin gets to go first. He really wants to put all his cards on the table, which is really good because Byron Bay is only about 60 kilometers from Casino. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Thank you. Very, very good. Uh, Angie and Carlin meet in the bush near a stream. Since their first date was camping, they're going to spend the day outdoors. They take a moment, it's a really beautiful moment of silence just to appreciate their surroundings. I think it's really good. Mm. And then Angie yells, let's go kayak! (laughs) It's really funny. And it's just nice that they get to start or finish where it started, you know? Alone in the wilderness before surprise, 10 other men and a chook named Wazza crashed the party. (laughs) Can you imagine if Wazza came back on final date? Intruder. (laughs) He's like, I've had a few weeks to consider it. I said I clocking didn't want to be on the show. <laughs> uh, so they go kayak. Mm. It's a boat date. <laughs> Good. They kiss on the kayaks. Carlin takes his shirt off. There's porno music. They make out while they're standing in waist deep water. At this point, I'm like, all right. <laughs> What's interesting that Casino is the home of Beef Week. You know. <laughs> put We've it got there. a meaty yeah. boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, it's very, I mean, it's very steamy. It's very sensual. It's right. Like, you know, it's, Carlin's the friggin' eye candy, of course. He is. He's so, a fucking centaur. If sure. Tim is a unicorn, he that's exactly what Carlin is. That's great. He's a three-legged unicorn. <laughs> uh, but, you know, at this point, I'm like, yeah, this, the, this, this little, like, set piece here where they're making out in a waterfall or whatever, I'm like, definitely feels like it's kind of just written in stone as part of the formula for making one of these episodes mm-hmm. I've seen, I feel like I've seen this so many times whether it's in a swimming pool Matt or, and Abby yeah. in the swimming pool in Brisbane sure yeah uh, Georgia Love and Maddie J in the swimming pool at uh, some hotel turns out hot people ho- hooking up in the water good TV I mean yeah hard to argue with that um, but speaking of part of the formula for one of these episodes a batchy couch yes um, Colin lays it all out he says you're incredible I don't want to have to say goodbye to you. I definitely see a future with you and I'm excited for you. I don't want you to leave tonight with any doubts about how I feel about you. I am falling deeply in love with you and I want a relationship with you, Angie. I really do. So, here's where the semantics become interesting because in confessional, he's like, "Ah, haven't said I love you yet. Yeah. Well, doesn't he in in confessional then say, I love this girl? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. He says, I love her. Yeah, yeah. 
but he hasn't said it to her. So what he said is, I'm falling deeply in love with you, uh-huh. which is different to I'm falling in love with you. Right. Which is different to I love you. Exactly how? Hmm. I mean, you'd have to you'd have to ask Osher, I guess. <laughs> I know. Speaking of Osher, mm-hmm. uh, notably absent for the end here. For the very end, yeah. yes. Uh, was off having his baby, Mazel. Right. Mazel, of course. Uh, yeah. Oh my goodness. And uh, also uh, doesn't follow Carlin on tw- on Instagram. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, does follow Kieran. Oh, I wonder what follows that Angie. Means. Yeah, follows Chelsea. Follows Matt. Huh. Okay. Okay. Getting a bit was as clucky. Was as a bit clucky. <laughs> um so I don't know, yeah. They share a tender kiss. Angie builds the tension in a voxy. She says her heart is broken in two between the two men. It's believable. It, well, like yeah. yeah, she's she's good at this. Yeah. But ultimately none of this date mattered. No. Right? Like this was uh out of the entire two episodes, I thought this was the most forgettable part yeah you know like can't we just meet the families and fucking run off somewhere and have this chat about i do love you yes kind of but i'm not saying it until you pick me yeah and then i always get a bit bummed out by this section where i'm like fuck there's another date of course there is yeah because i'm just like wow we are padding out this finale right 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 and there's like ad time to sell and people want to watch to find out the outcome and i want something to happen here yeah like there's every opportunity for like feelings to develop even more or for someone to get really vulnerable about something or whatever but at this point it's kind of all been done right and it's just something that we're not going to see from Carlin at this point right yeah. exactly it's a Carlin problem as well yeah um, however once we get to Tim time mm-hmm. all of my fears are allayed <laughs> yeah. we are going up in a Byron balloon to see the sunrise and look Everything that I just said, mm-hmm. I take it all back because fuck, I love watching these this two is people. An incredible like bit parade. Yeah. Um. So on the way to his date, he's like swearing out the window of his car at some cows or something. Um. They hop in a hot air balloon to watch the sunrise. It's fucking crack of dawn. Little do they know you can actually watch sunrise on Channel Seven every morning. <laughs> you don't even have to get out of bed. Um. And as they go up in the balloon, we hear Tim say, "Quote: Imagine being a cow chewing grass all day." Look at those cows walking in single file. That's when you know there's a cowspiracy. Good. Now, actually, Cowspiracy is a documentary that addresses the environmental impact of meat production and animal agriculture. Uh, but I guess maybe Tim just like watched the first minute or two of it on Netflix and then kind of assumed he got the point. He went vegan for two months. That's what he says. He went vegan for two months. Good on him. What happened? Good on him for going that far with Cowspiracy. Ooh. Okay, yes, I agree. Do you remember uh, back, on, back when we used to live in Melbourne... Mm. And uh, the river that would connect Flinders Street Station to the other side of the river. Yeah. And there was that little bar uh, that was kind of like in the middle on the bridge called the Pony something or other. Uh-huh. And opposite that, someone had like somehow gotten in a boat on the like wall of the river, which was horrid and brown. And in red paint, they had written www.cowspiracythemovie.com. Mm. Truly memorable city. <laughs> what a great town. Um there is a great shot where Tim, uh, in like a voxy, really reluctantly says, love is in the air, whilst giving like this giant <laughs> I assume like he was just told to say that and he's like, I'm doing Fine. my own bits here. <laughs> uh, also, Tim tries to get a little bit serious, but then the gas thing for the balloon cuts him off and then it happens again. <laughs> it's so funny. It's really good. It's a quality bit. I, I, feel, I feel like it's editing, but it's yeah. super funny. Like Angie is 
like this is supposed to be romantic and he's like it is <laughs> it's really good like he uh like nothing is going right for him in terms of expressing his words right but you see what he's trying to do and i just adore it like yeah. he's cursing out the balloon he's yelling at the cows some more he's just he's addictive tv yeah totally yeah um but he is like he is trying to get a bit serious and you can tell that like, he kind of does want the opportunity to do that so you also feel like he has earned it by the time we get to the batchy couch. Or, I mean, we don't quite get to the batchy couch because it's going to be two hot people making out in a body of water again. Uh, they arrive at a private pool and get to work doing some very serious making out. Um, I am glad that Tim is getting his hair wet because it means he's going to have to wash it before the end of the episode. <laughs> Tim says he's willing to give her everything that he has, including the freshest pilchards from his tackle box back in Port Douglas. <laughs> Angie says, I can't picture you not around. It feels like I've known you forever. And Tim says, whatever decision you make, I will respect because I know it's the best decision for you. And she says, for both of us. And he agrees. And I'm like, oh, Tim. Good. It's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's really good stuff. I also want to just uh, stop down because Angie at this point describes them as soulmates. Right. Oh. <sighs> Ouch! It is interesting. I noticed that that because she she's we 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 hear in voiceover. Yeah. Um. Like. Uh. Actually, Tim says it. I think they both do. Maybe they do. I think I Angie have says hear, we've got a soul connection. I think Angie says I I think we've got a soul connection, and then we hear also Tim saying I actually feel like Angie could be my soulmate. She just gets me. I don't have to be anyone that I'm not. And I'm wondering like was that recorded oh. just then? Because it's in voiceover. Yeah. So I start like you know pepe susia like trying to figure out where all the shots were fired from or whatever yeah well if you've got one you've just got to get the other in order to tell that that story yeah yeah Yeah. so i mean at this point we kind of know the story by now we watch everyone getting very nicely dressed up tim and carlin open rings and look at them tim says i'm so nervous i feel crook this is the most hectic feeling i've ever felt Carlin says, my gut tells me that this is right. There's no one like her. Angie is marriage material. <laughs> just like, you've said that before, dude. Do you remember last year on Bachelor, how subversive the finale was? I mean, sorry, this year on, yeah. on Bachelor, how subversive the finale was with the limo exits? Well, like who got out of the car first and all that kind of stuff. Because we always have this like reliable thing where like the first person who gets out of the limo is obviously the one who's going to get dumped so they can finish with a happy ending. Makes sense. Yada, yada. Now we'll never know. Now we'll never know. This time... Back to normal. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Tim is first out. And I think he almost knows what's coming. Yeah. Um, you can kind of see it on his face. Um, I did write down all of both of the speeches. Do we want to do that? Sure. Okay. So, Angie, uh, her speech says, I can't believe that we're here. Since I saw you coming down the red carpet and you had all those sunflowers, I felt a connection and you were just such a surprise. You're the person that makes me laugh all the time. And I feel like... I do feel like you're my soulmate. Ouch. I feel it so much and I love so much about you. I love everything that we've had and a piece of me is like, I can't picture myself without you. And you said to take a gamble and I did and I'm so happy that I did, but I think a part of me... And then she starts to cry really heavily and Tim immediately comforts her with a smile and with a hug. He says, don't cry. You're too good. Just relax. Don't be sad. Be happy. Everything we've had is the best. We've had the best time ever. I am so happy that I met you and I've cherished every moment with you. I love Carlin. And if I could pick anyone to treat you like you deserve to be treated, it's him. This is, I think, maybe the most gracious 
and caring and understanding breakup that I've seen on this show. It's great. It is so great. Tim even gives her the ring yeah. to keep as like a little memento yeah. slash something she could make money from selling, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I instantly love him like 20 times more after seeing this. It's so hard to watch. Yeah. It's just like, once you invoke that like societally special term. You know, oh, right. Of soulmate. Yeah. Yeah. Everything else I feel like is like this magnified thing, mm. you know, uh, it places everything else under such incredible scrutiny. Mm. And so for her to lay that on him and for him to just cop it. Yeah. Much like the foot juice. <laughs> <laughs> was a thing of beauty yeah it was so compelling i hurt for him yeah i just i oh i ached as he was getting this news more so than i have for anyone else yeah. i think like yeah. i felt for maddie J when that was happening it was mm. really hard to watch i kind of felt for todd a lot because it seemed like it really physically affected him oh i remember that that yeah. hurt him yeah that hurt him and remember when jared walked down the beach and was like oh oh god yeah, yeah there are some good ones yeah this one just stung because tim was so good about it exactly yeah he just was he was incredible and, and he even like he even has a sense of humor about it he's like i'll be in your life if you want because she is like really distraught she's like i can't handle you not being around in some way yeah he's like just call me if you guys break up with a bit of a wing yeah i just think the timing of it is really good as well like it doesn't feel yucky it doesn't remind me of um who was it uh oh jamie uh oh he who must not be named yeah <laughs> I don't really want to go into that again. Yeah, but Remember it does when remind that happened, me of, yeah. like, a few weeks ago. Fuck, man. It like it does remind me of Kieran. Yeah. Who kind of pulled the same move. Jump into my DMs if uh, if none of these... Sure. Bollocks. <laughs> uh, bollocks. You know what I'm Your saying? I'm pants at relationships. <laughs> um, yeah, well, Angie's got options at this point. The and they're both going. good options. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, you kind of always win, right? <laughs> True. Uh, yeah, but fuck, this sucked. Yeah. yeah, this was so hard to watch. And, and like after walking away, that we see that we that it like really did affect him. Like, oh he yeah. He's obviously just putting on a brave face, but you kind of see the impact. He sinks his head in his hands. He goes, "I can't even understand it, soulmate." But like, I could just see it in her eyes that there was yeah. a fuck coming. And fuck, that's what it boils down to, too. Yeah, totally. And that's the only reason that I didn't want to go all in right now this reason is why I didn't want to go all in. And he says, I'm never talking about my feelings ever again. And like, I think he's kidding. I really hope he's kidding. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's kidding. He's yeah. done a lot of press since. Sure. Yes. Ouch. Yeah. He really hurt for the guy. Um, oh, but Hey, Colin, right. This is what makes this a good show. Yeah. Like not, not Hey, Colin, but um, like Colin's fine. That it's good for them. Yeah. Uh, the, th- the way that we get to watch him hurt and feel it for him mm. that's what makes this good TV yeah and it's not what we're experiencing here isn't the like pervasive ugly kind of hurting for someone mm. you know of watching someone go through heartbreak and be like yeah or be like um, well he had it coming or any kind of psychoanalysis what you're just watching is just the actual real raw 
compelling truth of the situation. Yeah. Colin wins. That's right. Mm-hmm. Angie talks about how she has spent a lot of time working on herself, traveling, having a career, and putting off having a guy like Colin around to convince herself that she doesn't need a man. She says, I don't need a man. I want one. That's good. It's great. It's real good. And then her speech is like this. She says, I can't imagine this experience without you. From the red carpet, I felt so calm, and I never feel calm, especially with a guy. There was something about you. There was no doubt in my mind at all who I wanted to give that first date to. It was you. That first date was everything that I wanted. You opened me up. I'm going to be honest. You're not usually my type of guy. You're very put together, and I'm not put together. I'm not perfect. I'm a fucking mess. Hey, I love a good laugh, and I think that you know that I'm a bit of a grub. I put myself into this just... I, I put myself into this so much, and I don't want the perfect guy for everyone. I want the perfect guy for me. Yeah. Oh, that hurts. What She's chosen the perfect guy for everyone. Oh, well, well, yeah. I mean, isn't that... That is interesting, isn't it? That hurts. I'm sorry to interrupt, but that hurts so much because, like, the way that the show has positioned the perfect guy for her... Yeah. That's not this man. Isn't it? Yeah. Because, like, the whole thing has been quite a lot of focus on, like, someone who makes her laugh... And, yeah, someone who is a bit weird and, yeah. you know, not just kind of a generally nice hunky dude. And, yeah, she's chosen the generally nice hunky dude who makes her feel calm. Hmm. And so there's a little bit of, like, mixed messaging here, at least from where I sit, about well, what what did she want? You know what I mean? Hmm. Did she want the funny guy to make her laugh? Hmm. Or did she want the calm, calming set of arms to fall into? Right. And if that's what she was kind of looking for the whole time, then they should have been a bit clear about that. You yeah. Know? Because like it's of course like just fucking call him Calmlin, you know <laughs> Calmlin. If he if if she is looking for like the next step in her life and she's hoping to find someone a bit more stable and that kind of thing, which it seems like this is what this decision represents. Yeah. Where was that discussion prior to this? We got a little bit of it with Ryan. Mm, you remember yeah. where uh, she was like she had that great confessional about like that's my girl. Mm. You pee in that pot plant. Yeah. You yeah, know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's hard. But she says, yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that, uh, that that I feel like you are the perfect guy for me and I'm completely full in, love, full in loving with you. Mm. She says it right. <laughs> uh, Colin says, me too. And they kiss. Uh, he Great says, speech from him. <laughs> yeah. He says, I've fallen in love with you too. I'm so happy right now. And like, obviously, I really hoped for this. And as a sign of my commitment to you and to 100% being <laughs> in a relationship <laughs> with you. And then Angie says, don't do anything stupid. Don't play another song for me. Ah. Uh, and he says, I ac- actually did write another song for you. Can we stop down? I, okay. Since filming has ended, Carlin has posted up the song mm. to his Instagram stories. The full original song. The version, not, you know, he played it live, obviously, collecting yeah. his Zappa royalties. Yeah. Um, but he has now submitted to Instagram the full version which is like two and a half minutes or something. Like, it's yeah. a, a song. Two minutes in length, mm-hmm. chorus, verse, second bit. Kind of good. Like, yeah, like, no problems with it. It's a nice pop song. Th- turns out there's more chords. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's four. Good yeah. on him. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he, yeah, has made has made quite a nice song. Mm-hmm. Uh, should we cover it? Yeah, I think maybe it might be worth covering. Listeners, stick around for the end of the episode. See what happens. I do also want to say... He mentions that he has written another song. Yeah. I have actually managed to source 
that uh, song. An early version of that song. Right. Which is, I don't, it can't be the whole thing. And it's weird how it's not particularly well recorded, mm. but I have managed to track down a coffee and would you like to hear yeah, it? Yeah, I'd adore to, please, okay, right great. now. Here we go, yes. Yeah. Moving so far. It's got the chords he likes in it. Yeah, yeah, CNF. Mm-hmm. One and four. Hit me with it. I hope we end up like Anna and Tim and Maybe even Sam and Schnanz. I don't want to be another Blake and Sam Honey Badger, Richie and Alex, Sophie and Stu All the rest That's why as a gift Doing what I never thought I'd do More romantic than a matching butt tattoo <laughs> Great! <laughs> I love that! Now I know three chords instead of two So on the recording, I guess he hasn't finished writing it. Yeah, right. Okay. It's really interesting, isn't mm. it? Yeah. I feel like he's quite a good little songwriter. Song. What is that, sorry? <laughs> I think he said Join Hill song. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think he's got, you know, he's really developing as he spends more time on his craft. Yeah, look, uh, if this whole Macted thing doesn't work out, <laughs> maybe we've got a, a Carlin-sized hole in the Australian music industry. Yeah. Look, I can someone, see that song going on the pop of the poppity charts. Poppity, top of the poppities. <laughs> as someone who spent the last fucking five years of my life doing this on somewhat of a professional basis, mm-hmm. not the worst song, Colin. Hey, I'll tell him thanks. <laughs> uh, very good. Um, so there's also a commitment ring. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Angie says, fast forward six months, we could be living together. I could be pregnant. I'm He's, just kidding. The look on Colin's face is like... <laughs> Oh no! He's like, what have I done? <laughs> uh, and then you know, I don't know. There's a bit more chat. She says, "I've been sweating in my dress all day, so I'm probably a bit gross." Great. Yeah, at that point, it's the end of the friggin' thing. Let's pack her up. You know, let's get on out of here for another yeah. season of The Bachelorette. Yeah, another season of Bachelor of Hearts. Yeah, drawing to a close, listeners. Thank you so much for spending an hour a week. Of, of your life <laughs> with us right. yeah. like, roughly one and a half to two hours a week yeah right <laughs> yeah uh it's been a it's been a joy to do it again for another year and i think uh i'm really proud of us and <laughs> i think we're very smart and funny good um i'm super stoked that we have started the bachelor of hearts osh posting page yeah this join year us because i think that will help keep the batchy chat going in the off season yeah because as much as i uh obsess about this thing and write a lot of notes while it's happening i'm still interested <laughs> while it's not <laughs> happening so hopefully um we'll see some of you guys there we're also going to be hopefully doing some off season pods yeah if we don't do the dictionary thing i think that um <laughs> Got already. Yeah. Um. I think maybe just the BOH news dump is uh, sure. is the way to go. Yeah. Um. We might talk about I don't know maybe some other shows or maybe we'll try and get some cool interviews lined up. Remember or... a long forgotten Young Sheldon podcast? <laughs> Did we ever talk about that on Mike? Young Sheldon. I think I just told people to watch Young Sheldon <laughs> and never explain myself. I wrote a theme song for the podcast, but it turned out that it ended up just being a theme song for Young Sheldon. <laughs> 
I remember it went, he's just like Sheldon, but younger, <laughs> young Sheldon. I mean, I don't know what the theme song for that show is, but they should, <laughs> they should call you. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks so much. Um, as you know, we did come here to make friends, so please be our friends on social media at the BOH pod. Uh, no, at BOH pod, sorry. Uh, and come find us on Facebook. Just to track us down. Um, follow your nose. Uh, and we love you. Just like, look, w- pretend that, for example, we're Angie. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> well, listeners, we've got to go. It's been a... Ah, no- oh, Jesus Christ. Maybe when we come back, we'll have learned the name of the Batchy. Oh. I mean, we'll talk to you when we know the name of the ba- next Batchy. Yeah, sure. for certain. We're okay. We're going to have a Bachelor in Paradise pretty soon. I can't wait. It's just around the corner. Yeah. And uh, hey, until then, we love you. We wish you all the very best. Take a lot of care. And uh, please enjoy this rendition of uh, Colin Sterrett's song, Can We? I love you. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Sometimes I know it's all we get, but I know it's the 